0: Welcome to the podcast. This is Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for your daily drive. It is April, and we are rapidly heading toward the end of the school year. And for many of you, you have high school graduates. They'll be graduating in May and June of this year. And there is the biggest question of their lives that is asked to them so often. I guess it's question 1A, 1B Question 1A is, what do you want to be when you grow up? What is it that you want to do? Question 1B is, where do you want to go to college? I think the first question is somewhat unfair, as I tell kids who are graduating high school or any kid that will listen to me. I didn't figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up until I was 38 years old, so no pressure. But there is pressure on these children, on these teenagers, young adults, and They really wrestle with this question, and we older people can be unhelpful as we come alongside them, and so I I would appeal to all of us just to think carefully about uh, where these kids are at this point in their life, and that we do be somewhat releasing as we talk, uh, uh, talk to them about their life choices. But I don't want to deal with question 1A today, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to deal with question 1B about going to college. And so I titled this podcast, Should Your Child Go to College? And let me say right up front, I am not making a case in this podcast against college education. I am, I'm not saying I'm pro-college. I'm not saying I'm uh, pro-anything other than this. This is what I'm pro about. I want to create a worldview for biblical discernment and effective parenting that best suits and equips a child, whether male or female, to glorify God in His world. It may let me give you my bottom line, and then I'll get into the podcast. It may be right for your child to go to college. It may not be right for your child to go to college. It may be right for your child to take a year off or take ten years off. I don't know, and it would be foolish of me to make an absolute mandate that every graduate from high school must go to college immediately or in the future. That is arrogance, and the Bible doesn't speak to that. And so I want to be releasing. And so I also don't want folks to read into what I'm saying that, well, Rick's just anti college because I'm not. But again, my point in this podcast is to create a worldview for biblical discernment and effective parenting that best suits and equips a child, whether male or female to glorify god in his world our primary purpose is to glorify god not to go to college our primary purpose is to glorify god not to stay out of college (laughs) and so it is a subjective matter that the bible does not speak into and so i hope that this podcast will help uh, maybe to release some folks from some anxiety maybe release some parents from pressuring their children It may be releasing these young adults from uh, succumbing to the temptation of fear of man, expectations of others, peer pressure that is so strong at this point in their lives. Now, I'll get into this in just a moment, just a second. I want to say hello to Lana, and this is an odd hello. Uh, She wrote into our live chat today and She asked if I had a transcript of a particular podcast because she's deaf. She cannot hear. She has hearing aids behind her ears, and she cannot hear any of our podcasts. That's why I said this is an odd Hello for Lana because she cannot hear what I am saying. But she says that she reads my articles every day and that she has been encouraged by them. And so really this hello is for the rest of you. I want you to know that we do reach a lot of people and they're in every station, kind of life, even those who who cannot hear. In fact, it reminds me of why I started these podcasts uh, many years ago, four or five years ago now. I had a gentleman, his name uh, was Willie, and he would write in to me and say that he can't read, uh, he's blind is what I mean, he's blind, and that he would love to, or he could read, but it was hard for him, he wasn't completely blind, and he wanted Uh, to be able to hear our resources in audio because that was easier for him. And it was because of Willie in Georgia that I started podcasting. And so I spent a little over a year or so researching, studying, trying to figure out how to do this, getting the equipment together, etc. And I started doing podcasting for Willie. I didn't know at the time that this would become... Uh, the most popular resource that we have. People prefer podcasting, Willie. And so if you're still listening to my resources, uh, or listening to my podcast, thank you. People love podcasting, a lot of people do because they're on the go. I've had people write in where they run on the beach listening to the podcast, vacuuming the floors. One lady said I needed to make them longer because her vacuuming takes longer. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. You just listen to two podcasts instead of one. Uh, We do try to keep them at least uh, 30 minutes, no more than 30 minutes. Uh, It'd be exceptional if we go over that, and we have a few times, but 30 minutes or less but we have a lot of people doing all kinds of things listening to our podcast and so Willie who can't who's who's partially blind mostly blind this is for you Lana you'll never hear this on this side of on this side of heaven but uh, thank you for your kind note that you sent in through live chat I'm glad that you are able to read our podcast and that you're benefiting from them if you want to read this podcast, all of our Your Daily Drive podcast are audio and they are written out. Now I don't have all of my articles written out. That's what I'm in process of doing. I have Your Daily Drive podcast right now almost 900 And we have almost 200 of life over coffee and so we do have over a thousand podcasts that you can listen to but i have a lot of articles on our website and i am slowly gradually incrementally churning through all of them because i want every one of them to be in audio format so that the willies and the lanas in this world will be able to read or listen or both And so this is written out, this article here, this podcast is titled, Should Your Child Go to College? And this is a big deal. And I want to introduce this by talking about Jerry Murrell. Do you know who Jerry Murrell is? Well, see, his children were approaching college age, and so what he did, I, I like this a lot, this is holding your plans loosely while giving your children options. And so Jerry Murrell, however you say that name, he gave them the option of business or college. His children, most of his children rather, chose to build a business over college. In 2009, the Five Guys Hamburger franchises brought in a whopping $483 million. Jerry, the father of five sons, started the chain in 1986. When our first child was born, a friend asked me which college would she be attending. My baby was, I don't know, a couple of months or less as far as her age. And I told him that I didn't know if she would be going to college at all. My answer was not acceptable to my friend. He did not have a category for what I said to him. You see, the Bible does not make a case for a college education as being the most effective way to glorify God. Now again, let me... Add this one last time, I am not one of those anti-college parents. It is possible that all of our children will attend college. My two girls, my son, it's possible that they will attend. Honestly, I do not know. It would be presumptuous. It would be even arrogant for me to tell you how or to what degree they will receive their education. How could I say that in a dogmatic and absolute arrogant way? And I use the word arrogant because this is what James is talking about in James chapter 4. He says this, come now. You who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Let me paraphrase that for this podcast. (laughs) Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, my children will go to such and such a college and they will spend four years there. James finishes this text by saying, yet... You do not know what tomorrow will bring. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. That's why I've used the word arrogance a couple of times already. And James finishes this passage in chapter 4, 13 through 16, by saying, All such boasting is evil. In Proverbs 22, verse number 6, the sentence reads like this, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. You see, God has a planned direction for our children, my children. He has a planned direction for your children, if you have children. And we do not precisely know what direction that is, and because we cannot dogmatically plot our children's lives, our parenting objectives are threefold. Here's three a threefold objectives of how we think about parenting in the context, especially in the context of this idea, should they go to college. Number one, we must cooperate with the Lord regarding what He is writing into their lives. We must be discerning here. And so we, we want to try as much as we can in a finite and subjective way to comprehend God's mind regarding our children and what he is writing in their lives. Number 2, discern the uniqueness of how he has made our child. Each child is unique. All of you who have more than 2 children, more than 1 child, you know this to be true. And so we want to cooperate with the Lord regarding what he is writing into their lives. Two, we want to discern the uniqueness of how he has made our children. And then number three, we want to help them to discern the desires of their hearts. This is a cooperative effort. We hope that by doing these things that we all, parents and children, together can cooperate with the Lord regarding the narrative that He is writing with their lives and thus help them to land on God's path rather than the preferences of the culture, or our preferred desires. Too often, for different reasons, parents can map their expectations over their children and put pressure on their children to be this, do that. It appears that some parents assume that all kids should go to college because it is the, quote, next thing they should do after high school. Lucia and I do not hold to this non-mandated Bible expectation. The going to college question is no different from any other issue that we must ask regarding our children. And like all questions, we must filter the answers through a biblical grid instead of cultural expectations or parental preferences. Have you ever wondered how different your life would be if you could shake off cultural influences or break free from being controlled by the opinions of other people? And when I talk about being controlled by the opinions of other people, I'm also talking about... What you project on people by assuming that they think this or that about you. So often, people don't, I believe that people don't have, or what we think they think, they're not thinking at all, but we project that on other people, is what I was trying to say. And so the big question is what is the point? What's the point of all this? College, no college, unique child, God, writing a script in the child's life, cooperating with God, cooperating with the child in this process. As parents, it is our job to discern and equip our kids according to their gifts, their strengths, their weaknesses, and their callings. Now, this perspective does not necessarily mean that college is the de facto solution. The Bible does not support this kind of absolutism it really doesn't. And this is where we want to. We want to pump the brakes. And again, we want to drive down the middle of the road, not in not land in either ditch. If either ditch could be wrong, those two ditches are you will never go to college. The other ditch is you will go to college and it's absolute. I have heard most of the arguments for a college education. And honestly, a few of them are convincing enough to put a college at the top of the list of things to do after high school. But the argument against college education in some cases is more compelling than the pro-college argument. Interestingly enough, even our culture's gurus are rethinking the college expectation. Seth Godin, a marketing guru, one of those gurus that I've been listening to for maybe a couple of decades now, as he helps me to understand social media and marketing uh, perspectives so that I can more effectively communicate our message globally. He said this in a report. He said it is reported that student debt is, in the USA, approaching a trillion dollars, five, t- five times what it was 10 years ago. Does a $40,000 a year education that comes with an elite degree deliver Ten times the education of a cheaper, but no less rigorous, self-generated approach assembled from less famous institutions and free or inexpensive resources. Uh, That is something that you do have to consider. And he goes on to say, if not, then the money is actually being spent on the value of the degree on the doors it will open and the jobs it will snag, If this marketing strategy works big, it pays off for itself in no time. The question is whether a trillion dollars is the right amount for individuals to spend marketing themselves. What would happen if people spent it building up a work history instead? Or becoming smarter, more flexible, more self-sufficient, and, yes, able to take more risk because they owe less money? There's no doubt that we need smarter and more motivated people in our organizations. I'm not sure we need them to be better labeled or more accredited. That is Seth Godin Godin speaking to this issue. Jerry Murrell of Five Guys Restaurant Chain, he gave his children their college tuition to help them go into business. Let's see. Would I like to have $100,000 to go to college or $100,000 to go into business? It is a dilemma worth pondering. One of the upsides to the high cost of college is we are now rethinking the traditional college approach. Our first and primary parenting goal should be the same as the Bible's, and so let me give you what that is. Is Matthew 22, 36 through 40. This should capsulize what our first, foremost priority as far as our parenting goals are. A young man came to Jesus and said, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment and... A second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. That's Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Therefore, our primary goal is the character development of our children. The reason for that is our primary goal. Foundational goal is that we want to build that foundation of loving God and loving others most of all. We think about our children, Rick and Lucia do, through a triune categorical lens that looks like the following. This is the sequential order in how we think about our children. By the way, this is also the sequential order in how we think about our mastermind students as we are training them through our program. This order is non-negotiable. Number one character, or you could say spiritual Number two is capacity. You could say knowledge, what they know. And then number three is competence or skill. And the reason that this order is critical is because we don't want to start with competence. First, uh, you are a competent person. We want to educate you so you can go out and make a lot of money, but your character stinks. And so when we are parenting our children, it is critical for us to focus primarily, especially in the Early years, the first decade of their lives primarily, we want to focus on their character. Now let me give you some synonyms for what I'm talking about when I speak of character, capacity, competence in that order. I have an infographic inside this article here that I'm sharing with you. Again, the title of the article and the podcast, Should Your Child Go to College, you are welcome to pull up this article. You can look at this infographic and it will help you visually to understand what I am saying. But when we are, whether training our mastermind students or in this case, parenting our children, the first and foremost thing, the most important thing is character development. The second thing is their capacity, trying to discern uh, what God, the ceiling that God has given to them from a knowledge base. And then from there, we work out into their unique skill set, their gift mix, what God, uh, perhaps as we cooperate with Him and the child, is calling them to do. And so when I talk about character development, I'm talking about things like wisdom and love, heart, integrity, honesty, morality, purity. Affection, passion, motivations, intention, thoughts, maturity. These are some of the things that we look at as far as character development, and we have spent now, more than a decade with our children, working with them and maturing these things into Christ's likeness. Now, from that foundation, from that platform, we want to then begin to understand capacity. Everybody has a different size jar that they can fill up, and we don't want to place expectations on our children, expecting one to have a larger ch- uh, jar than what they really have, or one who has a smaller jar when they can do so much more. This is a capacity. issue. I also call it knowledge, therefore we want to discern their intellect, the education that they need, their IQ, their cognitive ability, their insight, their analytical ability, their understanding, their ability to discern things, all of these fit within this knowledge paradigm. And so we work with character, developing it. That's the foundation. And then we begin to assess and address their knowledge and and the size of the container that God has given them. And then the third area is skill. Application is a synonym. Practice, behavior, ability, ability process method those types of things and so character is number one it's the main thing what is going on in the heart of the child the spiritual that is the category that we want to focus on with them, and I did not give you an exhaustive list when I was sharing some synonyms as far as how to assess your child, but it does give you an idea of the kind of things to look for to help them to become more mature by the time they are adults. The reason for this is that all of life flows out of our hearts, the person we factually are. Therefore, if there is pollution in the fountainhead— or source of our lives, whatever that flows from that, it will be polluted. The brightest and most educated person in the world will not have what he or she needs to overcome antichrist character deficiencies. Meaning if you start with knowledge and you jump the link of character, education is not the cure. And so I have questions for you too specifically. How is your child transforming into Christ at the level of his heart? Number two, what are your most important means to help your child transform into likeness? This character foundation is critical. Number two, capacity. I mentioned, I gave you some synonyms, as the child is maturing on the inside, character, the thoughtful parent will be addressing his God-giving or her God-given capabilities, trying to determine trying to determine the speed of their fastball sometimes. I was talking to one of our students uh, this week in one of our monthly meetings with our students, and I said that's one of the things that I try to assess in our students, the speed of your fastball. Everybody can't throw 95 miles an hour, and it would be, It would be hurtful of me to expect that out of all of our students and the same thing for your children everybody has a ceiling everybody has limited abilities living for the lord is not about who does the most or who has the most but it's about fulfilling your capacities and so let me ask the question what kind of ceiling has the lord given your child do you know how do you know this how do you know the capacity of your child number two what are the most effective ways for you to help your child reach that ceiling, whatever it may be? And so in our parenting development, in these triune categories, character first, capacity second, and then last is actual competence. As you are helping your child to spiritually mature into Christ-likeness, character, heart, and as you are assessing the breadth and depth of his ceiling— uh, Now you want to put them in the best possible context so that they can practically apply what is on the inside of them into God's world. This worldview is the practical aspect of training a child in the way that he should go. You're building this aspect upon the preliminary and ongoing work of spiritual and cognitive formation. If you do not do it this way, you can have a highly competent and successful person with no humility. That kind of person will be a relational disaster as an adult. King Saul may have been head and shoulders above everyone else, but the Lord anointed the little guy in the room with a big heart for him. His name was David. Let me ask you some questions in this area of competence. Number one, is your child transforming in the right sequential order? Character, capacity and then competence. Question number two, how will college help or hinder the Christ-centered intentions you have for your child? I have no idea if our child, our children, will go to college. We have no idea if our children should go to college. It is yet to be determined. What I do know is that the college question is not an automatic yes or an automatic no for any of our children. This one thing I do know, and I want you to listen carefully when I say this. I don't mean it arrogantly or disparagingly toward anyone. But the truth is, I have spent most of my adult life counseling college graduates. Listen to that and all the implications that I would love for you to hear. And I can unequivocally say that going to college is not the key to being holy, mature, wise, humble, discerning, or the secret to having a fantastic Christ-exalting, other-centered marriage. The trajectory we are aiming for with our children is to be like Jesus. We want our children to seek the kingdom of God most of all, while expecting the Lord to fulfill His promise of taking care of them, if college can help facilitate this objective, then by all means, may they be college-bound. If you want to read this podcast and look at the infographics that I have here, I have two, by the way, I mentioned one. But the title of the podcast and the article, Should Your Child Go to College, just type the word college into our search box, and that will get you where you want to to go. I have some other articles embedded here that will be important to you. And if you want to talk to me about this, I would love to chat with you. We have a place. We don't turn anyone away. It is the only place where I can interact with people because of the The unbelievable and kindness, unbelievable busyness, which is a kindness from God that we are so busy, but we only have one place where we can chat and that is on our forums. And so I would encourage you to come there and let's talk. Maybe there's something else on your mind. We would love to talk to you about that as well. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast.